0: Could we read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 23 of Luke's Gospel, and verse 44. My Bible, it's on page 1262, Luke 23, verse 44. And it was about the sixth hour, and there came darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple rent in the midst, and Jesus having cried with a loud voice, said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he expired. Now the centurion, seeing what took place, glorified God, saying, In very deed, this man was just. Then I'd also like to read a few verses from Luke's Gospel, chapter 10. Earlier in the same Gospel, chapter 10, and verse thirty five on page one two three nine, Luke chapter ten, verse thirty five, and on the morrow as he left taking out two denarii, he gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou shalt expend more I will render to thee on my coming back. When we met together this morning, I think we had some impression of what it actually cost Jesus to die for us. That's impressed me. It tied up very much with what I've been a bit occupied with this week about values. And different people putting different values on the same object. And I thought of a hymn that is not in our book, but we most of us will know it, I suspect. And it says, Oh, teach me what it costs thee. To make a sinner whole. And teach me, saviour teach me, the value of a soul. That's what the gospel is about. You have a never dying soul. I've got one. And it's valuable. It's valuable. My saviour was prepared to come and die for me. If I was the only sinner in the whole world, that his death would still be necessary. I find that incredible. Who was this man? Who was Jesus? He was no less than God himself. I wonder at that, but I think I'm beginning to see, understand a little bit about the fact that God was prepared to send his son, his only begotten son, to die for me. He lived here for 33 years. We all know these things. He 33 years. Absolute perfection. I wasn't like that. None of us were. We all remember what we were and what we are. But Jesus was different. He was absolutely perfect. And God spoke about him as this is my beloved son. He could look down from heaven and see Jesus walking here. And say, wow, that is how man should be. That is my son. And yet that is the one that had to die for my sins. I read this first passage I read. We know that Jesus has spent some time in a garden praying beforehand as he thought about the whole of What was before him. What it cost him. In that garden. He actually said if it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. But let. Not my will. But thine be done. He bowed to the will of his God and father. And he went forward. And he went to Calvary. And we read about the awful things they did to my saviour personally had no respect for who he was they wanted to get rid of him the men around us said we will not have this man we'll have barabbas instead and barabbas was a nasty character they wanted him rather than the blessed savior what about you are you prepared to make accept god's man god's choice to believe on the lord jesus christ that is the message that's come down through the ages that's one thing that's never changed because the heart of god has never changed at all god so loved the world that he gave his son and yet he's a righteous god he's never sacrificed a slightest bit that righteousness the essence of who god is the righteousness of god but he's done it by giving his son I refer just briefly to that man in chapter 10 of Luke's Gospel. We know the story, I suspect, very well. The so-called Good Samaritan, he found a man who was in huge need. Others had turned, walked past, and done nothing at all. One man, the so-called Good Samaritan, came to where he is. And he did what he could. He must have had oil and wine. He poured them in. He bound up his wounds. He put this poor man on his own horse and took him for the rest of the journey. He must have walked himself. He must have done without the things that he brought for his journey. And he comes to the inn. He comes to the inn and he tells the innkeeper to look after this man. I suppose it was as close as a a hospital In those days, you gave someone into the care of the innkeeper and said, look after him. He took out two denarii. Not a huge sum of money, but what I like about the story of the Good Samaritan, he said, whatever thou shalt, expand more. Let me know when I come, and I'll pay you. We used to talk about blank cheques. I'm not sure that anyone ever talks about cheques at all these days, but you could actually sign a cheque leave the amount and trust somebody to fill it in for you. And dear friend, that's what the innkeeper did. He said, look, here's a blank cheque. Whatever you spend, just I'll pay it. I'll pay it. It gives us a lovely example of just what it costs the saviour to die for me. So we get this example, we get this story, rather, of what my Saviour went through. He's hanging on the cross, he's been there for three hours already. Think of the agony of hanging there, with the whole of the weight of your body being suspended on nails through your hands and your feet. And in a sense, there he was just ridiculed by everyone. Apart from one of the thieves that were being crucified beside him. But there he was, just being ridiculed, mocked by those who passed by. They put a sign on his cross, the King of the Jews, probably in mockery. And he was there. But where we read of are the final three hours on the cross, hours of darkness when my Saviour bore everyone. Of my sins and his own body on the tree. I rejoice that. My record is clear. Not that I could have paid the price at all. Not that I could do anything for myself. The hymn says. My sins, not in part, but the whole, were born on the cross and are gone evermore. That him finishes up, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Is, are you feeling the burden of sin? Or do you feel this is all old-fashioned stuff? I don't think it's old-fashioned. I don't think God has changed at all. I don't think God's standards have changed at all. Men around can change. That's up to them. But God is still appealing in the gospel to you. And he's using a little time like this to appeal to your heart again. As he's done maybe many times before. Maybe you've never heard the preaching before. But he wants you to consider that great work of his. He spared not, God spared not his own son. His only begotten son for me. And Jesus had to die this awful death. Jesus cried with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he expired. In many ways, you can't understand if he was God, how he could be here in this way. But God devised this way that sin might be completely removed from his sight in a way that's absolutely just. God has not passed the sinner by. Justice demands that he should die. But in the cross of Christ we trace how God can save and righteous be. I love to think of that, the righteousness of God and yet his love for you and for me. His love for every man, woman and child who's ever lived in these 2,000 years. His love for um, every one of his creatures. Millions of billions of people on the earth today. And I rejoice in the fact that many of them are coming to know my Saviour for themselves. We think of what's happening in China where there's billions of people and it's said to be a hundred million Christians. Sort of numbers that you and I can't understand. But God is working in 2024. He's appealing to people as individuals. He doesn't speak exactly to a whole group. Though he may, I suppose, we've all had the experience of sitting in a preaching like that, this, and know that God Was speaking to me. You felt how uncomfortable it was. But you thank God. That he appealed to you personally. That he sent his son for you. And that you know. The blessedness of what it is to have a hope for the future. And not only that. We read about. Jesus dying, but he's raised from among the dead. He's raised for our justification. He's raised to make us just. There's no charge against me. I often think about, I've never, well, I I gather in a prisoner and someone's being tried. They don't read out their list of previous convictions until they've got a guilty verdict. But you've got a whole string of things come out against you. You've still got these things on your record. But my sins are gone forevermore. They're born by Jesus. My record's clear. I'm justified. That means just as if I've never done anything wrong. I think that's wonderful, isn't it? You can go forward, you can face tomorrow with confidence, not because of what you've done, but because of what Jesus did for you. And he gives you the Holy Spirit as a gift to the believer to help us here. You go out tomorrow, rely on your own strength, you go about your own things, you do what you want to do. Most of us know what it is, have horrible failures. We do all sorts of things we shouldn't do didn't want to do and yet god (coughs) gives his holy spirit to us a power that's in us a divine person indwelling us to help us not just tomorrow the day after and the day after that helps us in all the difficulties be with us all the time and as we've read this afternoon we're encouraged to give make way for that Tremendous gift of God in our lives, the blessed Holy Spirit to help us in a way to walk here in a way that's pleasing to God. We walk in a way completely different to men around. Christ chose to please not himself and we by the Holy Spirit's power seek help to please him. We please the one in whose hands it Our life is, we please the one who's done so much for us on Calvary. And we seek to go on in a way that's pleasing to you. Well, that's, as best I can explain the gospel, I want you to consider it, to think about it. Whether there's something that God is talking, speaking to you today, to appeal to you as to whether you've ever given your life and your hope to Jesus He wants you to do so. Maybe some of us need to give our life more fully over to the blessed Saviour, the one who's given everything for us. May God just cause us to think about these things. And as the hymn says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Scripture says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do it today. There's urgency in my message. Tomorrow I've got no guarantees for. You've got your plans maybe for tomorrow, for the what's going to happen to this week. No guarantees at all. No guarantees. Many, many people have gone out of him halls like this, and something's happened to them. Something that they didn't expect. You do need to take advantage of God's offer today. And to do it urgently. And I would plead you with you to accept my Saviour today. Amen. Amen.